Hey James, do you think you'll live to be a hundred? Actually, yeah. With the body modifications and medical enhancements I've been paying for recently, probably. Ha, well I won't. But you know what will? What? Our show, at least episode-wise. Oh, that's right, because we're celebrating our 100th episode, episode with a spectacular live show. On Wednesday, April 17th at 8 p.m., we're pulling out all the stops with a live podcast recording at the Ossington. That's 61 Ossington Avenue, right in the heart of Toronto's Ice Cream District. There will be special guests, amazing segments, and, as always, a Fun, unforgettable game at the end. Plus, I'll be eating a hundred hamburgers in honor of the 100 episodes we'll have recorded by then. Really? Sure. Okay. So save the date. And dress to impress. Because on April 17th, we're celebrating our 100th episode in style. In a bar. Welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmess, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And I'm the other host. I'm Tenant Mike. And here we are back for another action-packed episode, James. Good to see you. Yes. Good to see you, too. Um, It's spring... Spring has sprung. Yep, I'm wearing my uh, special tank top in honor of the uh, warm weather. Yes, I haven't seen uh, that part of your arms yeah, ever. What do you, what do you uh, think of frank. that part of my arms? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're okay. Sure, I I probably prefer the lower half of your arms than the upper half, but they're really? okay. They're a bit they're a bit white, bit a bit white. Um, they're, they're no. sort of almost so white they're green. Know what I mean? Well, the shirt is also green, so maybe the greenness of the shirt is reflecting on my arms, or vice versa. We'll never know. We'll never know. But uh, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, uh, spring, trying to wear less. I know what you mean. Um, I've got shorts on today. You look good. Thank you. Yeah, listeners know I'm uh, I'm all about bulking up on the upper half of my body. I'm a steroid user, and I don't do anything with my legs. They're stick thin. No. And uh, really showing them off with the shorts here. <laughs> I feel like I need to carry you around. Yes, your, your legs don't look uh, strong enough to you know support you. Yeah, well, th- they may not be soon. The doctor said so, really? but it's a look I'm going for. And, it's a uh, good look. Yeah, it is a good look. Kind of an apple with a couple of toothpicks stuck <laughs> in the bottom. And I'm like, what? What am I like with my thin arms? A I'm, corpse. I'm like, well, I suppose I am. I suppose I am uh, wearing a tank top. A corpse in a tank top. <laughs> hey, what is this? Uh, the Afterworlds uh, Music Festival? Uh, beach party. Yeah, yeah fire, beach party. Yes. Fire, fest fire Fest in the afterlife. Yes. <laughs> well, oh, this what is a start. Yes. Um, what a start we're off to. James, it's good to see you. I got to ask, uh, how was the past week? I haven't seen you in seven days. That's right. That's true. Uh, this past week's been good. It's been good. 
Um, people know I've had a bit of a situation lately. I uh, have a new trainer, Gaetano, mm. and uh, he convinced me to take part in this thing called Parched March, where I didn't drink water for a month. And lo and behold, it turns out that was part of a little scheme, I guess, Gaetano had to... Scam, I would say. Well, whatever. Um, just basically get me really dehydrated so he could take photos of my credit cards and use them to buy stuff online. Um... So at first I was pissed, I was mad, but uh, Gaetano, I've been talking to Gaetano, he's still living at my place, and he's he just kind of been reframing it for me that in some ways, like, maybe I have to deal with my own issues, like, my own insecurities, and I'm, like, projecting that on him right now. Wait, you, he's still, you didn't kick him out? I thought you... Well, I talked to him about kicking him out, but he always makes such a good argument. Like, he's kind of pointing out that, wait a second, why should, like, me kicking him out, I'm projecting my own issues onto him here. And me kicking him out of my basement, of my billiards room, that's not going to do anything. Like, that's not going to achieve the the what? work I need to do on myself. My God, it sounds like he's got a real, like, grip on your uh, self-esteem. No, he doesn't, your... Michael. Gaetano does not. Okay, I'm sorry for snapping, but okay, Gaetano no. does not have a grip on me. He's just pointing, right. he's just making good points to me about... What I need to do to heal myself. Well, at the very least, if you kicked him out of your billiards room, he wouldn't be buying things with your credit card. Michael, kicking him out of my house does nothing, okay? Gaetano explained this to me. I'm sorry for losing my temper. Gaetano explained this to me. Okay. That does nothing. I, okay? All right. So he's in the billiards room. And what he's doing is I need to work on myself. And then Gaetano and I will talk about what has to happen with him. Okay, I'm sorry if I... Uh, said no, I'm sorry I for snapping. I'm sensitive about it. I truth, like I know I'm being sensitive. It's just no, no. I spoke out of turn. It was my well. Thank yes, I'm, you did. Yeah, uh, but I'm just I'm concerned about you. Wow. Um, anyway, how was uh, how was your week? Oh, you know, well, usually it's usually I have uh, traditionally. If you listen to the show, listeners, you'll know that I often have bad luck in life. I usually have a bad week. This week I have. Well, I guess I could say it's a good week. But it comes with a sting in the tail. Oh my goodness. It does. So, as listeners will know, I'm, uh, I've been spending some time recently trying to put together an all-male acapella group that can compete at the same level as Pentatonix, who are a very popular acapella group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I held auditions last week. There was some all-right talent, you know, beautiful... This, this city has is just chock-a-block full of talented men with beautiful voices, but... Most of the guys who auditioned, you know, they they weren't willing to go the distance. They weren't willing to to sacrifice, um, you know, spending time with their families or girlfriends or jobs to rehearse seven nights a week. That was a stipulation you made, huh? Yes, you have to be available seven nights a week. No ifs, ands, or buts. And you have to be in good shape. Uh, You have to be able to take orders. And preferential treatment is given to vehicle owners. Anyway, I had another audition this week. You know, I was tearing my hair out. Because thought... last week you had so many guys show up and they all weren't good enough for your weird group. <sighs> they just the, Their attitudes stank. Hmm. So I had one more audition and I was like, let's, let's get this over with. And oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Now, this guy walked in and he had probably the most beautiful male voice I'd ever heard. Really? Sings like an angel. Oh my God. The only problem is... Uh, I don't quite agree with his politics. Uh-oh. We're kind of butting heads on that uh, front. Um, maybe you've heard of this man. 
He's the brother of the dead former mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford. The brother of current premier of Ontario, Doug Ford. He's got the family good looks. He's known for wearing that beautiful cowboy hat everywhere is, he goes. Wow, because he's always been the elusive third brother. Like yes. you see pictures, and I encourage people go on Google and look up Randy Ford. He always has that that cowboy hat. He's it's known for that cowboy hat, iconic. Yes, or sort of ruddy complexion. It's almost like you know Superman's known for his cape. Randy Ford is known for wearing that beautiful cowboy hat everywhere. Because that's crazy. Because Randy's been always elusive. Because Doug and Rob are always yeah. the you know up at the forefront there. Oh, Randy's a, always been elusive. He's a cool customer who doesn't like to steal the limelight. He likes to hang back in the shadows and kind of uh, wow. operate you know below the. Uh, f- under the, frequency. under the radar. So, and yet he—he—you're saying he has a beautiful voice. Oh my goodness! You—if you heard him sing, you'd think you had died and gone to heaven, and were being serenaded by a large angel wearing a cowboy hat with a ruddy complexion. My God! So he showed up to the Ho Hummers audition, and you just—wow! He showed up to the Ho Hummers audition, and I was like, because I, I recognized him, obviously. Obviously, you, know, you can't live in this city and not recognize Randy Ford, especially with that iconic uh, giant cowboy hat he's always wearing. And I thought, well, let's see how this goes. The guy probably won't be a good singer, but he knocked me out. So now I'm in this pickle where I like, I want to work with him. Beautiful voice. He could really take the ho hummers to the next level, but I don't agree with his family's politics or his personal politics. My stars. This is a this is a conundrum, Mike. Why did this have to happen to me? I you know? I don't know. Wow. It's like boy, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know how to guide you on this one. Yeah, do you have any I mean, you <sighs> you clearly don't have any advice for me. Maybe if some of the listeners do, feel free tweet to, us. to tweet at us. Yeah. Uh, we're at LT Podmess on Twitter or uh LT Podmess at gmail.com on email. It reminds me of uh, you know like this is probably why Blink One Eighty Two broke up because Tom yeah. Delonge yeah. became a UFO expert, yes. and Mark Coppice was probably like, "I disagree with this," and now you know they're off doing different things. Yeah, it's really too and bad. If like if the whole Hummers break up before you even get to the Blink One Eighty Two level, <sighs> I, you know what? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm against the plan in general. I think a, mm. all men's acapella group with men in their you know mid to late 30s to apparently 60s is a very lame thing. Well, he's 57, Randy. Okay. He's 57. Okay. He's I, not quite 60. Okay. I don't support the idea, but I, you know, I'm I'm trying to support yeah. you. Well, you know, my gut instinct right now is saying, you know, throw caution to the wind and let Randy join and we'll deal with our wow. political differences uh, down the line. You know, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, uh, one was as left as can be. The other one was very right wing. Who is right wing? Art Garfunkel. Really? Yes. Huh. Wow. Well, uh, I don't envy you, Michael, and uh, I guess we'll have to stay tuned Yes, on that one. Stay tuned. Um, well, we should probably get to our segment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is a segment called Blessings in Disguise. Blessings in disguise. Look to the skies. I know you'll see a blessing tonight. Father, up in the sky, is that a shooting star? No, son. It's a blessing, a blessing in disguise. There's the beautiful theme song. So how do we explain this segment? Basically, it's about those moments in life when um, something bad or tragic, maybe, happens to you. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you think, this is the end. This is, you know, my life is over. But then with the passage of time, you realize that was actually 
a very lucky thing. Absolutely. Um, shall I shall I go first? Please, yeah. Okay. Well, um, my first blessing in disguise was I found a bump on my well penis. Oh my! And God. I thought, oh no, I wonder if I have an STD. I'm but, so sorry to yeah, hear. Yeah, so it was yeah. awful. I was so worried, and oh God, my life's over. Anyway, I go to a doctor, and blessing in disguise, it turns out I don't have an STD. Mm. I actually just have a rare condition where my penis keeps getting slightly bigger. No. Yeah. So it's just going to keep getting bigger. Really? Yeah. That is. A, I didn't know that was even a real condition. No, it's really rare. So blessing in disguise. Oh well. It's a happy ending to a, a bad beginning, I, <laughs> I suppose. Well, I never heard of that. Um, so my first blessing in disguise is, uh, you know, I was going for a walk last week on uh, Tuesday. I was at Queen Spadina, which is a, a beautiful intersection. The Rivoli. Yes. And also uh, a McDonald's and mm-hmm. a bank. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. a man standing on the corner holding a sign advertising uh, that he will buy your gold, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. He's smart. He's, yes. Anyway, <clears throat> I was walking there. It was a nice day, and uh, it was at a red light. Okay. There was a car full of young men, all wearing Maple Leafs jerseys, you know, you know, loutish-looking guys. And they started yelling at me and swearing at me, and I just told them, you know, to go kiss my butt and stuff. And as they peeled off when the light changed, they threw a cup of uh, raspberry jam all over me. Weird. All over me. And I was wearing, you know, that white suit I wear? Oh, yeah. So you love that suit. Totally ruined. And I was so livid. I was so mad and I was humiliated. But then the blessing in disguise. I realized because I was tasting, you know, they got the jam in my mouth. And I thought, hmm, I've been too harsh on raspberry jam. I thought I hated the flavor. And I realized it's actually quite delicious. So, blessing in disguise, now I've got a new flavor in my life, and I um, bought a jar of raspberry jam, and I use it on my toast every morning. Oh, that's great. I'm yeah. surprised you didn't like it from when you were a kid. It's no, a- I, I, th- I thought I hated it huh. all my life, but it turns out I was wrong. Well, there you go. Um, okay, my second, uh, you know, blessing in disguise was, um, you know my butler, uh, Goron? Oh, yes. He's sort of an Eastern European guy. Stern fellow. Stern, yeah. kind of a downer. Um, yeah. Anyway, he passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear. Yeah, so it was pretty sad. Um, But, blessing in disguise. Get this. So, Goron, uh, as it turns out, was an heir to some duke. Like, when the Austro-Hungarian Empire broke up somehow, like, who's a duke, who's not a duke, it all got messed up. Right. So, anyway, he didn't even know he was an heir. But it turns out he was. Okay. And after he died... A bunch of lawyers like figured it out and realized he was the heir to all this money. And anyway, Goron had like no family. Right. They had like no one in his life. So they've decided to give the money to me. No. Yeah. So I'm inheriting like all this money from Goron. Can I ask how much money? Mm, a gentleman never kisses and tells, but it's. Well, I hope you didn't kiss him after he. No, Michael. It's a. I mean, some um, people do kiss the corpse in the during the wake or the funeral. Let's just say it's enough for me to be a space tourist time over time. Like I'm, it's I'm, it's enough for me to to sign up to be a space tourist. Like with Elon Musk's. Yes, uh, it's a lot of money. It's in the it's in the God. seven and, figures. And he lived his whole 
sad, tragic life, never knowing. He that never he was... knew. He had no idea. Oh, that's so frustrating yeah. to hear. He worked for me and lived a pretty terrible life, to be frank. He was always kind of bummed out and annoyed. And Yeah, he seemed pretty, you know, uh, depressed. He was. Like, can I ask, how, how did he pass? Um, yeah, it's kind of ugly. Uh, he actually uh, fell uh, into a trash compactor I have on the edge of my property. Oh, that's... That's just the yeah, worst way to he go. Was dumping, I'm so sorry uh, to hear. He was dumping my garbage in the trash compactor I, I put in. And, oh, uh, God. Yeah. He's a little cube now, unfortunately. But, um, oh. But uh, anyway, blessing in disguise. Oh, that's awful. Anyway. Well, here's my second blessing in disguise. Uh, speaking of, of cubes, you said little cube. This is about a big cube. So I was about to um, go for a bike ride the other day. I love my bicycle, as everyone knows. And um, Pinko. No, I'm, I'm I'm just I like to get exercise and it's uh, environmentally friendly. Anyway, as I was about to unlock my bicycle, a great big cube of frozen human sewage fell out of an airplane flying over Toronto and crushed my bicycle. Oh my god. Crushed it and it's, it you know, you can't repair it. It was absolutely flattened. And I was so mad. I was humiliated and livid and you know, uh I thought what am I going to do? How am I going to get around the city now? And I had to walk. Mm. And you know what? Blessing in disguise, I realized that by walking, by slowing down how I travel through the city, I get to experience more of the city, and it's actually a much nicer way to to live. Well, that's great. That is a nice blessing in disguise. Because, you know, I'm always rushing on my bike. I, I pedal so fast. I just, you know, I didn't take ter- time to stop and smell the roses. Well, that's. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Good for you. All right, here's my final blessing in disguise. Um, I had a bad thing happen this past week. My horse died. Oh, I'm I have so... A small, sh- yeah. Two deaths in one week! I know. Week from hell. God. Uh, yeah, one of my horses died. I have a little pasture in the, my back garden. And uh, it was pretty sad, you know. Um, yeah. But um, I do keep on the payroll uh, kind of a radical biochemical veterinarian. And uh, he oh. had an idea for me when the horse passed away that I was intrigued by. And that idea is that um, once my body becomes a bit withered and uh, useless, like once I get really old and my body's not what it was, right? he's got this plan to freeze the horse body right now so that when, as, when I age, we can attach my head to the strong horse's body. Oh, wow. Just a plan. So, okay. you know, we're talking like, you know, hopefully like, you know, 20, God, what, 2070s uh, or something like that. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I guess I better start liking the taste of oats and hay. <laughs> it's a plan. I, I suppose you should. St- now, can I ask, is this legal? Is it ethical? Is it, uh, you know? Uh, you know, Mike, I, I'm not a red tape person. I'm not the kind of guy to go, oh, Fair excuse enough. me, Mayor of Toronto, is this legal? Yeah. I'm just going to do it. And Okay. You know. Well, I'm just trying to picture you, your head on a horse and like, uh, you know, a, a great big burly cowboy riding you and, Oh, you know. believe me, I'm not going to have anyone riding me. I'll be riding another horse, if anything. Really? Or a few men. You'll be riding a few men. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope to still be alive to see it. Unlikely. And here's well, okay. And here's my third and final uh, blessing in disguise. This week, I was bitten by a dog, a nasty dog. It was a German Shepherd in front of a coffee shop, and uh, 
I had to get a, a rabies shot, right? Mm. The big needle in, in your stomach. And I was livid. I, was, I felt humiliated and I was so angry. But, blessing in disguise, I went to the doctor's office and she had the radio on. She had on the station. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Sirius XM's Canada Laughs station? Yes, yes, I think so. Well, I was sitting there, you know, getting the, the needle and she had that station on and I got to hear a delightful piece of stand-up comedy by Jerry D, the star of Mr. D. Okay. Jerry D, the star of Mr. D. Yeah. And I was laughing and I thought, you know, fair enough. Maybe this is this all happened for a reason. Was the needle painful? Yes. But the the humor of Jerry D made it all worthwhile. Well, that's it. that is a blessing in disguise. It certainly was. All right. Well, that's the segment, Blessing in Disguise. So before um before we move on to our guest, we should mention Yes. We have a live show. April 17th at the Ossington. Be there as we celebrate our 100th episode with a live spectacular with all sorts of fun guests and games and segments. That's right. And we're doing pay what you can, right? I believe it's pay what you can. Yep. Yes. And so come on. It'll be fun. It's a fun bar. Big guest we can say who we've got on it. We can finally announce. Yep. We've got Ennis Esmer. From the show Blind Spot. We've also got previous uh, former guests from the podcast. Uh, also, Jackie Pirico. Hilarious. And Tim Gilbert. Hilarious. We've, we've even got uh, an in-house band. Yep. You, now, you've heard of, you know, remember when Paul Schaefer was on David Letterman or, mm-hmm. you know, The Roots are now on uh, Jimmy Fallon? Yep. We've got our version of that. Robin Hatch. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll be really fun. Please come out. It'll be a fun time. And um, that's our 100th episode, too, by the Be way. Be there. Yeah. And also, uh, if please, if uh, you want to get a bonus episode once a month, we've got a Patreon. Uh, you can get an extra episode a month. And uh, if you're on the Patreon, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. We do appreciate it. And you can re- reach us at patreon.com slash landlord tenant and give till it hurts. Absolutely. Give us everything. You're right. Um, okay. So why don't we take a break and come back with our guest? Sure. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Let's jump into it because it's time for our guest. This week we have a guest that uh, James was kind enough to bring into my bedroom studio. Uh, he is, from what I understand, the building's first artist in residence, and his name is Morgan Waters. Hello, hi, Morgan. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. It's nice to uh, nice to be in here. Mm. Welcome. Thank you. I've never been to this floor before. Yeah, it's well. Let's be honest; it's a bit of a dingy one. <laughs> Mike's sort of on the lower lower end of the apartments in the building, but uh, and that's funny because I'm in the upper. Well, in terms of height, I'm very high up in the building because oh. I'm on the roof. Yeah, Morgan lives in the roof. Oh, you're living on the roof. Yeah, okay. there's a unused greenhouse up there. I think there was rakes in there. Yeah, there was a few rakes, some pots. 
And um, basically, I'll, 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 I decided to award, and for the first time, the building's first artist in residence. And to me, Morgan was an obvious choice. Right. Um, I'm an artsy fartsy type, you know. Oh, yeah. Him and I are at odds. But uh, <laughs> well, I'm an artsy fartsy as well. So this will be yeah. It'll be it'll be nice to talk to someone who I can get along with. Well, this is this we could rename this podcast Two Artsy Fartsies and a Common Censor. <laughs> It's a bit long, as titles go. <laughs> Three men and a baby, but... <laughs> or whatever. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to encourage the arts in Toronto. I wanted to encourage the arts in my building, uh, so I'm letting Morgan live rent-free. Um, that seems very out of character for you. Yeah. I mean, I also get a grant from the government for doing it. That Oh, yeah, how, so. how much, can I ask? Oh, you know, don't kiss and tell, but uh, it makes it worthwhile. Let's put it that way. So I thought, hey, there's an empty greenhouse on the roof. No harm just letting a guy live in there. Aren't greenhouses hot? Aren't you sweating? It's a problem now that the sun has come out because Mm. for most of the winter, it was quite gray, Mm -hmm. not a lot of light coming in. It was very cold. But now that the sun has come, I'm starting to notice that I think some of the glass panels actually have a bit of a lens in them. So oh, God. It's a bit of a problem. It's sort of like a magnifying glass. You're going to be cooked alive. There's very sharp... Pinpricks of light coming through. Oh God! And, um, I sleep nude, so there are some heavy burns on my bare bum. Oh God! But correct me if I'm wrong. As an artist, you're just grateful to have somewhere to live. Yeah, and it is sort of nice to work with that. I mean, it, there are very thin burns on me, so right. it is something that I can kind of—I don't know—I can work with. But it is—it's been difficult. So, me. do you sleep on? Can I assume you sleep on your front? I sleep on my front. You sleep on your front. Uh, whereas I sleep on my back, so it's a lucky thing I'm not up there because I would have burns on my front area. Yeah, which reminds me, I had uh, I once had a friend who told me that he that he was under the impression that you couldn't get a sunburn on your genitals because it was a different type of skin. Yes, and I had to tell him that wasn't actually true. Well, I've often wondered if nipples and anus skin are. The same kind of skin. Are nipples and anus skin the same kind of skin? Huh. Well, hmm. I've never thought about that. Well, let's, let's all take a moment to consider it. Okay. Well, nipples can be a couple colors. To say the least. Um, I have very brown nipples, okay. but very light pink skin, so it's kind of odd. Huh. And... Mm-hmm. Or it can be quite pink. It can be a number of things. And yes. an anus can have similar things going on. I mean, I've seen anus skin that's all the colors of the rainbow. And it's, you know, the it's the colors can, can vary. And also the thickness and the coarseness of, the, of nipple skin can also vary. It's true. It, it feels... It's more sensitive, but it's thicker, which is sort of a strange dichotomy. It is a strange yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, I... Uh, what was God thinking? Well, absolutely. And, you know, um, yeah, it's funny being a man and having... You know, you, you get sensations in the old nipples. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why. We're not making milk out of those. We certainly are. Uh, James, would you mind sh- just lifting up your oh, shirt yeah. and showing uh, Morgan your piercings? Yeah, wow. sure. I've got uh, nipple piercings, as you can see, and a clothesline on that one there. Uh, it's just to rev a me clothes up. clothesline? Yeah, on the nipple. See? see? A clothes peg. Yeah. A clothes peg, sorry. Peg, clothes okay. line. That did not but make sense. I see it's got holes where you can attach yeah, things. Absolutely. Yeah, I you know hang weights from them and stuff. It's just a way to rev me up, you know. Like, I'm, I'm a high-octane high octane guy, yeah. 
and uh, the nipples are the the gateway to just you know revving you up, in my opinion. You know, anyway, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Yeah. But I mean, I was, that was a cool discussion we had. But yeah, it's kind of neat to think about the human body, and I don't know. And I, as I, an artist, I feel like these are the kinds of kinds of things you ponder. You because yeah. I I just sort of I don't know too much about your background, even though I'm letting you do this. So what what. What do you do art-wise? Like, what are you? Are you a painter? Are you a sculptor? Are you a musician? I mean... I'm a musician, definitely. That's always been sort of a love of mine is acoustic guitar and Mm. sort of, you know, playing songs and kind of bringing people together. Mm. Six strings and just a hunk of wood and it's not much, but oh my goodness, you can create magic with that. You can. And I mean, I've been sort of interested in fretless guitars right you know frets on guitars they're the metal right. things in yes. between and one of my faves les claypool oh plays Primus? a fretless bass right and so i've been sort of trying to figure out a way to bring that fretless bass thing into an acoustic guitar realm whoa interesting so you kind of can bring because the acoustic guitar can kind of bring people together and it's so kind around of, the campfire yeah. or around the boardroom table you know Exactly, exactly. So I've just been sort of experimenting with... Actually, I've been doing covers of Primus songs, but in the style of, you know, Jack Johnson or something like that, which is nice because I think Primus is kind of neat because the lyrics are so... I don't know, they're such stories, right? Such neat stories. Jerry was a race car driver. Yes. John the Fisherman. Right. What's the one uh, Winona's Big Brown, Big Brown Beaver? Beaver? In a way, Les Claypool is our generation's uh, Dickens because he has these he's, these vivid characters and these stories that really speak to you know changes in society and the world around and the world around you just in a, like a simple, unpretentious kind of way. But I've always yeah. found that the music is so abrasive and weird. Yeah, yeah. it's like bing bong, bing dong, ding dong, ding dong. Yeah, am I wrong? So, do you sing in the the uh, silly cartoon voice that Les Claypool uses? Or I no? try to bring it more to like a, a breathy kind of realm. Mm. You know, mm. I I kind of mm-hmm. think like he didn't have much breath to his voice. It was a lot of mid range kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds <laughs> like someone squeezing something out of a tube. Exactly. I've listened to, like, I've I've sort of thought to myself, oh, I should hear what Primus is about. And I've listened to, like, a couple songs, but I feel like the songs, I feel like I've never heard them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that I clock them as songs. Because they're stories. They're miniature. Yeah, I guess you're right. It is like Dickens. Yeah. Yeah. I think if Dickens had been alive today, he would have had a, you know, six string bass and sang songs in a silly voice. (laughs) Pork soda could have been his. Modern great expectations. Absolutely. Great is expectations. That, is that, that's, that's yeah, or Tale of Two Cities. Okay. Um, mm. d- here's a, you brought up Les Claypool. We're talking about Primus. <laughs> I know that Les Claypool and Sean Lennon yes. have a side project called like the the Claypool Lennon duo. Uh, oh yeah, the Claypool Lennon. Like emporium or some sort of it's kind of a, a, a whimsical wild, whimsical yep. kind of like LSD infused yeah, title absolutely and I just couldn't help thinking if if in 1980 John Lennon hadn't been shot dead on the streets of Manhattan and and if Sean Lennon had said Dad I'd like you to meet my band member Les Claypool how do you think John Lennon and Les Claypool would have gotten along because John Lennon from what I understand was kind of a feisty prickly 
kind of guy. They probably would have. They would have gotten that long grade. I think. Really? I think Claypool and Lennon. I think they kind of they share a sense of playfulness. True, because John Lennon had a sort of surreal sense of humor. So does Claypool. Hmm. Who, if uh, John Lennon had survived, who do you think would have been the cooler old man, Lennon or McCartney? Interesting question. Hmm. Would because wasn't isn't is this correct? Isn't Lennon considered a bit sort of cooler <laughs> and McCartney a bit cheesier? But maybe McCartney's better. Is that right? I think tastes have changed now. McCartney ah. has been sort of uh, redeemed with time. Ah, okay. I don't know. He's more the musician. Mac- and- Lennon. Uh, McCartney. McCartney. And Lennon is more an artist. Ah, like you. So is Les Claypool more of a musician or an artist? I think he's both. I think he's a complete mix of McCartney and Lennon, I think. Right. He's kind of like a power pack of both. So, Morgan, what is jamming? I'm over here. I'm not an artistic guy. I'm not a musician. I don't know. I don't know what a painting from a friggin' math equation from a porno. (laughs) And, uh... The musicians are you always talking a math about... equation from oh. a porno. No, I don't. Like, one I... plus one, <laughs> or a or DP. Zero. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bit of a difference. Or boobs when you do the calculator. Upside oh, down. that's yes. never. Yes, yes. 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 Um, so, I, but I hear all these people talking about jamming. What the hell is that? What's going on there? It's when musicians come together. <clears throat> they usually have a beer, <clears throat> and they fire up the amps and get the symbols out, and mm. they just start letting God take the wheel. I'm not wow. religious, but in a way that is... Right. You know, Quincy Jones said you got to leave enough room for God to walk in the door, and I think jamming is all about that. That's you, interesting. Did he say that? Yeah, he what, did. When you're playing music, or always? Just about when, you, yeah, when you're making music, you don't want to overplan things. So does that mean Aww. that God was a co-producer of Thriller? <laughs> and <laughs> does God... Did God know about all those awful things Michael Jackson was doing all these years? That's a tough. That's a tough question, actually. Oh, sorry, a, I brought us. No, there, that's actually a good question. Whoa! I'm, I yeah. mean, and I don't think Quincy Jones is to blame for any of Michael no, Jackson what he did God, or no. didn't do. Not Quincy. I'm talking about God. God, yeah. yeah. Remember Quincy Jones had that wild interview a year ago or something? Yes. He said all sorts of stuff. What do you say that Marlon Brando I, fucked a mailbox or something he would, like that? He would fuck a mailbox, but that he had sex with Richard Pryor. That's right. Yeah, oh, and then he saw um, Ray Charles shoot heroin into his balls. <laughs> Damn, was that a scene in the biopic Ray? <laughs> I think it. It's on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, and then he he had some damning comments about you too. Oh, what did he say? I forgot I about just, that. He said, eh, what they're doing now sucks. He's like, Bono's one of my best friends. Oh my God. So even Quincy Jones thinks modern U2 sucks. I know. It pisses oh. me off. Remember when Ray Charles did those Pepsi ads or Diet Pepsi you ads? Yeah, the right one, baby. Uh-huh. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there was a, a shot of him injecting his balls with heroin in those ads. Was there? Uh, I don't know. It might have been implied off screen. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. We'll have to review a... Just YouTube. to check out the subtext of that ad of my yeah require so, a second viewing yes so you gotta let God take the wheel when you're making music or creating any art and jamming and look your bandmates in the eyes when you jam I oh. think that's a big thing is like in a wow. way it's it's it is kind of like sex 
I was going to say, that's pretty intimate. It is intimate because you're sort of trying to pick up what everyone else is stepping in. Right. Oh. Wow. So do you think that you smell what they're stepping in? I was trying to do a dog poo. Oh. Can you smell what I'm, I'm stepping, stepping in? in? Reminds me of The Rock. Yeah. Can you smell what do, The Rock is stepping to in? Be, jam sessions sound like orgies must break out all the damn time. Like you're all playing music, letting God come in, staring in each other's eyes. Imagine the sexual tension in the room when, you know, the Rolling Stones, modern modern day Rolling Stones get together and start jamming, staring in each other's eyes, all that sexual tension. Yeah. It's amazing just to think of that. And I mean, now that I, I do acoustic, you know, I play at the Firkin. I play covers, which oh, is... Oh, that's, that's like a local it's like chain a, pub. Yeah, and it's like a nice thing on Friday night to kind of right. go in and just sort of play. And in a way, I, I am playing by myself with my fretless acoustic, but I'm also kind of jamming with the people watching sports and eating dinner and stuff. Right. In a way, they don't know it, but I'm looking them in the eyes as I'm, as I'm playing. Yeah. And so there is a sort of an undercurrent of... An orgy, I guess you could say, but it's a, okay. It's, I don't know. It's it's a. Um, I kind of go deep when I'm at the Firkin. So you see, stuff, you so. see these people often uh, downtrodden, uh, don't have much to look forward to in life. You see them as your collaborators as they're eating their wings or sipping their pints of beer. Uh, because yeah, the because they're listening, right. whether they know it or not. Mm. And what kind of covers do you play usually? All, all kinds. Um, okay. No woman, no cry? Absolutely. But I, I always try to take one song and, and do it in a different genre. Oh, fun! So, and, and try to do it with the wordplay. So, you know, I'll do Toadie's Possum Kingdom. I love that song. In the style of, no doubt, Tragic Kingdom. A Tale of Two Kingdoms. A I like Tale it. of Two Kingdoms. So, I'll, I'll put a little bit of a ska flavor on Ooh, it. It's wow. nice. It's nice to kind of do that. I think people, they don't necessarily know what I'm doing, mm. but I usually, you know, I tell them. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, you tell them. Um, I tell them. That's fun. And and so I'm trying to think, if you did a maybe a country music song, how would you change uh, maybe a, uh, I don't know, Georgia, Florida line, Florida, Georgia line song? How would you change th- that style? Maybe I would figure out a way to do Georgia on my mind, oh, the my old God. jazz standard, but Ray Charles. Georgia, Florida line on my mind. Most of it is based around puns because it's well, kind there's of, money there. There's, there's money, money there. Yeah. There's money in puns. Yes. Oh. And it's nice to kind of. It's fun, you know. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Do they pay you, or do you get a free meal, or a free? It's a free meal. Can okay, great. Um, so fish and chips kind of thing. Or? No fish. Singing for your supper. No, it's, it's no fish. Yeah, it's mostly a burger, and then. Um, you know, if I'm hungry, I'll order the f- side of fries. It costs extra, but... Oh, they don't give you free fries. It's not part of their thing because okay. they try to keep the menu down. It's like right. the furniture warehouse place where everything's $5. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, it kind of gets confusing at this Firkin. No, that's, that, that's, that's not... And uh, do you get a beer? <laughs> do they give you a beer? Yeah, they give me a beer. Oh, excellent. Which is nice, yeah. Very cool. Well, hey, at least you're not paying rent. So all you need is to get paid in food, really, if you think about it. I mean, what else do you need? Can I ask? So you're living uh, in the greenhouse on the roof. You've got this amazing gig at the Firkin. 
Um, how long is the residency going to last? How long can uh, we expect to see you around the building? Well, with the sun doing what it's doing to my body, I'm I'm not sure how much longer I can mm, take right. it. I uh, mean, I'm up for it as long as I keep getting the grant from right. the government. So what is this? I didn't actually know about this grant. Oh, it's mumbo-jumbo BS crap. I wouldn't worry about it. But there's just a thing that they, you know, encourage artist grants. And it's like, here's a grant. Here's some money. Artists, blah, blah, blah. So I just take that. And then I... I let them know you live here. Right. And what did you say? What did you tell them that I, I'm, what kind of art am I making? Uh, I, I just wrote down drawing cause I didn't know what you okay. do. So I just said drawing. Okay. So you didn't even know what Morgan does. That's yeah. It's kind of crappy of you. Well, I mean, look, the important thing is I'm supporting art and the government's supporting art and right. they're putting together this money to give to, you know, Mm-hmm. Artists and I'm, I'm I'm taking it and giving to an artist. On another note, can I ask you? So you're you're plugged into the Toronto music scene. Who are some of the uh, up and coming or well established Toronto musicians or bands that that really uh, you know float your boat? That's a tough one. Okay, well that's why you know I they call me um, Daddy Tough. They call me Daddy Tough. Daddy yes. Tough. Yeah. Well, I will say that we're seeing a resurgence in Jan Arden's career. We certainly are, yes. Yes, she's got a sitcom. Yes. Jan. Called Jan. That must that would be great, like getting a crossover from music and, you know, getting so popular in music, you get to do other stuff. I wish that other um, Canadian musicians would, would be given the sitcom treatment. I'd love to see, you know, coming this fall to CBC Gem, a new sitcom about... The Tea Party. Jeff. <laughs> yeah, it's called Jeff. It's about Jeff Martin trying to, like, you know, uh, get his life and yeah. his career I've back got on to track. get my life together. Trying to balance his Middle Eastern influences with family life. And, and his Windsor heritage. Yeah. Who, who would you like to see a sitcom about who is a well-known Canadian musician or, or band, James? Whoa, great question. I mean... Uh, Gowan is kind of a similar. He's kind of that'd be kind of a similar how, how sitcom this? to Larry. Larry, oh Lawrence Gowan, yeah, yeah. coming to good. global this summer, Larry. Or how about Kim Mitchell? Yeah, what would his sitcom be about? Him like trying to get um, <laughs> a wig or hair plugs or. <laughs> Or building patios. Building oh my patios. Because everyone likes home reno shows. Right. Oh, my God. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. A, rea- a home reno show where Kim Mitchell b- builds a new patio for you. For, right. For downtrodden families. Yeah. Because then you get that sort of right. extreme makeover home edition. Yeah. So you can kind of learn about families that are kind of poor. Yeah. And sad and really Born like sad. depressed. And, and then Kim Mitchell comes in. I could see the theme and song. And their faces light up. Yeah. Oh, nothing would make people, uh, the downtrodden happier. I could see the theme song being like, those patio lanterns. And then a record scratch. And then Kim being like, we'll see about the lanterns or something. You know? <laughs> Isn't that good? Yeah. I can just imagine Kim doing that. Yes. He was he, a, no, sorry, go ahead. I, I would say, yeah, he'd always have to hold out on the lanterns. Yeah. Until the very end. They're like, what do you think? And then people, and they look <laughs> around, and they and they say, it's good. And you can see on the family's faces, 
it's good, but there's no lanterns. Mm-hmm. And then they pull little sheets off of all the <laughs> lanterns. Oh Hundreds of sheets. And there they are. And then it's that's and then the song idea. kicks in. And then the wa- turn on the waterworks, the family starts getting emotional. And then they'll, they'll be well lit as well. Absolutely. Which is nice. about this an odd couple roommate sitcom called neil and gord and it's neil young and gordon lightfoot oh oh so kind of a a baby boomer show a baby boomer boomer show yes and they you know it's about them uh they got an apartment in liberty village in toronto Mm -hmm. which is a very exclusive area of the city and, you know, it's like uh, weekends they go out trying to pick up chicks. Or it could be like the other odd go couple. Go to doctor's appointments. Yeah. Maybe one of them is sort of the fastidious good cook and loves things to be neat, and the other one's a bit of a lout. Neil. Who is who? Neil's the lout. I'd say right. Neil's the lout. Yeah. He's getting his beard trimmings all over the <laughs> kitchen, b- bathroom floor. And it's like, Gordon Lightfoot's like, I, if you're bring, bringing Daryl Hannah, your wife, over for, to spend the night, please be courteous and at least tell me beforehand. Yeah. His model trains would get everywhere. Does Neil he y- have model trains? Neil train? Young is yes. a model train enthusiast. The guy looks like a friggin' train conductor, huh? <laughs> Man, those... Po- now, I don't stand well, behind I'm, that. I'm just uh, saying, if you went into Deadwood and cast a train conductor, Neil Young... You know, in the show Deadwood. Want to see my trains? <laughs> That's my Neil Young uh, impersonation. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah so any other... Uh, who, who, how about some ladies? Hmm. Like, you know, we've talked only... Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, Biff Naked. Biff Naked. You could call it She's Naked or <laughs> Naked Lady. Just so you get... You oh, kind of bait people in oh with my like, God. sex. Biff Naked and the Bare Naked Ladies. Call it Naked Ambition. Oh, yes. Yes. And what would it be about? (laughs) Oh, well, it could be kind of a Ricky Gervais style. I love it already. uh, Sort of autobiographical thing. And it's the Bare Naked Ladies minus Stephen Page. And they're playing themselves and their manager played by someone funny. Maybe me or, I don't know, Mm. some comedian could be like, look, the Bare Naked Ladies, you got to move on. You need a new member. And they're like, who's it gonna be? And then it's Biff Naked. Oh, God. But she wants to create a whole new sound. What kind? Uh, electronic. Well, and she's been through a lot, so she can bring a lot of really personal stories to it. I, I like that about reality TV is right. it can be just about a deck, you know, like we were talking about, but then mm. it can really get into some heavy, like... Heavy mm-hmm. issues. Heavy issues, and she can yeah. kind of talk about... You know, beating cancer, which is huge. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that she did. She did. Good for her. Yeah. Love that song, Spaceman. That is a good song. But yeah. would Stephen Page be in this series? And how would we kind of maybe, reconcile? Maybe he would Skype in. Because I'm not sure. Like, I, I know that they, uh, the ladies reformed with, with Page for a one-off at what, last year, or two two years ago at the Junos. Super fan Aaron Eves was very pumped about that. Yes, he he likes the Bernicket ladies, mm-hmm. uh, as I do, very, mm-hmm. very much. And um, I guess we'd have to check if they're, you know, on speaking terms with, with Paige. Uh, you could call it a different page. Turning the page. Turning the page. Turning the page. And have yeah. Jimmy Page come in, too. Oh, my oh, God. That would be a hit on both sides of the Atlantic. That's nice. 
And you could have as the, you know, literally as the annoying next door neighbor, you could have Robbie Williams because are you aware that Robbie Williams and Jimmy Page for the past five years have been locked into a dispute? Yes. Because Robbie Williams wants to build a an underground swimming pool in his mansion right beside Jimmy Page's mansion. And Page is concerned that if anything, that his mansion could be damaged with this construction work. And he's messing with historical buildings. Yes. Yeah. My God, is this in England? Yes, yes London. Wow. That's wild. Robbie Williams. Yeah. Hmm. And so there are like interviews where Jimmy Page is like uh, talking about like uh, building code violations and stuff. And it's like, this is not, you've, you used to be very cool. <laughs> imagine if, if nowadays, you know, imagine they did songs like diss songs against each other about this right. violation, you know? Yeah. You know? I would love if Jimmy Let Page... Let me build my poo. And then Jimmy Page would be like, No pools. It'd be funny if he wrote a new, like a parody version of Stairway to Heaven, Jimmy Page, where he just lays into Robbie Williams for 12 minutes. Call it Construction of the Pool. Yes. Stairway to Heaven, Construction. There's a neighbor yeah. who knows nothing about planning codes <laughs> and he's building a swimming pool well i don't like it well, instead of uh stairway to heaven construction hell oh construction to hell construction to hell i think we figured it out oh Excuse bless me you. i sneezed listeners yeah james just sneezed into his sweater are you okay yeah i'm good i'm good it's the pollen oh pollen in the spring toronto nightmare pollen. yeah did you ever look at robert plant nowadays he looks like i mean he, he's got to get a haircut. Am I wrong? The guy's like 80 years old. So you don't like an old dude rocking a wild hairdo? Just, it, it's, I just think it's a, when these older men, you know, he's got all these bracelets clinking and like tight pants and the long hair. Right. It's just, it's not working when you're. So what is the cutoff age for a man wearing a lot of bracelets? Clinking Morgan? bracelets. I'd say 50. 50? Mm. Well, it depends if the clinking of the bracelets kind of adds to your sound. And you could say, and maybe it does, because he does a lot of wrist work when he sings. Yeah. He does. Robert Plant really... I just saw this interview with him, and he's got this long, long hair. And yeah, and, and as he talks, it's like clink, 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 because his bracelets are just clinking together. Well, he's probably so used to that clinking sound. He's probably been wearing bracelets since he was a teen, mm. James, if you think about it. Oh, well, okay. And uh, I think his hair looks really good. He's one of the noisiest gesticulators in rock. Wow. He is. You know what? He's lucky that he's not uh, a burglar, right? He's not cut out for a career as a burglar. I know he's wealthy. He doesn't need to be a burglar. But imagine a burglar trying to break into your house with those clinking bracelets. He'd be caught instantly. It's a good point. I just wanted to or point a that surgeon, out. surgeon, you know. Imagine uh, Robert a Plant bra- doing open heart surgery. Oh, I dropped a bracelet in you, love. I'm sorry, babe. Because you know he's not taking them off. <laughs> Imagine the malpractice suits that Robert Plant would be up against. Yeah. It would be groovy, though. It would be. Yeah. I would love to have Rob- le- the legendary Robert Plant, you know, perform surgery on me. I remember, uh, what's the movie they sort of made that was like a... The song remains the same? Yeah, and I remember being a teenager and seeing that movie, and I mean, there's this shot of him singing with leather pants, and it's specifically zoomed in on his 
dick. And you just see his dick bulge in the most absurdly intentional way I've ever seen. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? And, I don't and know if this got, is... And yeah. there's wear in the jeans. They're actually jeans, but they're heavily worn on the side that his penis goes. I mean, what Mix a it move. up, Robert. At least, you know... Yeah. yeah, switch a side. Yeah. Also, he was stacked. Like, it was impressive, but... His penis. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, this must be on the internet somewhere. Look it up. I mean, I guess if I... Had that, I'd do it too. So what what kind of impression did this make on your young teenage brain to see this That's a great point. singer with a large uh, penis? That's a great point. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm still thinking about it. So it did something. Right. That was a long time ago I saw that DVD. Do you think that his penis is still as big? Or do you, like uh, mm. people tend to get smaller overall because of gravity as they age? Well, potentially he could have what... He might have what I have. have. Yeah, the right. growth thing. It's hard. It's hard. I'd to be say. worried, yeah, if if that's the case. Uh, going back to the haircut thing, the the bass player John Paul Jones is yes. that him? He got a haircut. He yes. looks cool, right? He's got a he's cool, very young modern looking. haircut. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. He used to have the kind of I don't know what you'd call that, but like a friar tuck, bowl cut, oh, a bowl cut, a bit of that's a bowl. A, that's never Ramones. a good look. Has yeah. anyone ever pulled that off? I guess he sort of did, but he mm. played a big <laughs> organ sometimes too, and. Yeah. If you're going to sit at an organ, it helps to have really <laughs> sharp lines in your hair. Why is that? I don't know. Something about all the n- knobs on the keyboard. It just kind of yeah, keeps yeah, things yeah. in order Balance. a little bit. Balance. You know who had a wicked haircut back in the day? Brian Eno. He had he rocked the coolest hair in uh, rock music in uh, you know circa 1972 or so. What did it look like? Very thick, curly hair. Mm. Um that he had back then. Well, I'll have to Google Like that. a Jeff Lynn? Yes. Absolutely. Have you guys ever looked at a picture of Alan Parsons? Uh, um, yes. I guess I wasn't prepared for it. I, I recently heard... You're an amateur then. Uh, well, apparently. I recently heard Eye in the Sky for the first time. And I was like, this is the best song I've ever heard. This song's... I'm, I, seriously, I was like, I love it. I listened to it over and over again in my bed. I loved it. And then when you Google Alan Parsons, you're like, whoa, you're just not, exp- I don't know. He's, I'm sure a great guy. It's just, he's kind of got the old long hair eyeliner thing going on as well. But he also looks like an older British man you'd see in a pub eating like a scotch egg. It's just a, it's just a, a lot going on. Can I bring this back to earlier? We were talking about John Lennon. How do you think he would have looked had he not been shot to death on the streets of Manhattan when he was 40? Uh, how do you think he'd look oh, today, and do question. you think he'd be like kind of on the wrong side of history, or or what? I could see him getting like um, a really futuristic haircut. I think he'd be like on the edge. I think he'd get one of those things where it's like shaved all around the sides, but then a long tuft at the top. Really, as an old man? Yeah, I do. Okay. I actually do think that. And like, you know how we always had those kind of small circular glasses? Yes, I could see them being even smaller. Yeah, I just over that. the where like, it's just frames. Like, there's oh. barely even, like, it's like pinhole cameras on yeah. your eye. And- <laughs> it just goes around his exact pupil, the little circle. Right. So, yeah, the smallest possible. Do you think he'd be buff or, like, fit, or do you think he would have sort of uh, let go? Mm. Well, he would probably still be with Yoko. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where's she at? She's She's still art- artsy as hell, I yeah. think. She's, she's fit. fit so. Yeah, she's still active. She was older than him as well. Um, no, I think he'd be in good shape with a wild haircut. You don't think he'd be in a scooter? No, uh, no. 
Smoking. What about re- a recumbent bicycle? <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. I, you know what? Absolutely. I think it'd be like, a, you'd think it was like a mad scientist present day. Like, yeah, recumbent bicycle, I don't know, like a Google Glass or something. Right. And a wild haircut. Do you think he'd be the kind of guy who would make YouTube videos and have sort of bad uh, politics and sort of undo the legacy of the Beatles? What is what that's happening a lot with cool <laughs> old guys, huh? Morrissey, Dean Kane. Dean Kane, great point. That guy was my freaking James that guy Woods. meant a lot to me. And I mean, I'm again, I'm I'm on that side of the politics, but mm. still it's just it's upsetting seeing seeing him upset so many Caners. Do you think John Lennon would have been like at a Trump rally like bringing Donald Trump on? <laughs> like introducing God. him? We have to think about these things. Yeah. I guess he is the kind of person that always would go against the grain. Right. And I think yeah. maybe he would be sick of all the the lefty stuff, and mm-hmm. he would kind of go the other way. He'd almost for sure be like, people are too sensitive these days. I think that's yes. a given. Yes. Every beloved guy who's like over 60 says that. Yeah. That's true. John Cleese loves that. Mm-hmm. John Cleese, yeah. Oh, Morrissey. This, John Cleese, uh, this is the week we all learned that John Cleese's pitch to Netflix was rejected. It's very sad news. Yeah, um, he was pretty mad about that, huh? What yeah. was the pitch? He didn't He didn't specify what it was in his uh, tweet, but he did say that uh, Netflix hadn't responded to, hadn't phoned him back or his agents, and that... He had concluded that he, I guess, his idea was too smart for them. It was too intelligent. That's a good tactic. Yeah. Because then you can never feel failure. Right. Because just the other person wasn't quite smart enough. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just imagining like the Netflix executives like opening the document he'd sent them and going, oh, it's too smart. <laughs> it was probably a very small text. Oh, yeah. That's always a problem. I think he submitted a pitch document in Latin to them and they were like classical education yeah do you think that there is something when when an artist becomes too successful that um too comfortable that their work suffers because they don't they don't have that hunger anymore for instance the the work uh, the latter work of uh jimmy page perhaps isn't as good as it once weezer. was weezer yeah but weezer have kind of figured out a way to have fun now in their 40s mm, true True, but you they know, were at their best true. when he was like, "I suck." Hmm. But I think the public does. The general public does have an insatiable appetite for a group of forty-year-old white men just having fun together and playing covers. Playing covers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they didn't change any of the songs at all. They just played them as is. I thought that was brave because I'm always trying to think of ways to do the pun-based mm-hmm. covers, but they right. just went straight ahead and just kind of re-recorded each track. Yeah. Of the original. Yeah, exactly as the original sounded. Which is, it's brave. I think that's brave and kind of bold. Do you think that Weezer will be more fondly remembered than a band like Primus, say, a hundred years from now? Mm. Who will we look back on and say they were the ones who led the way? That's a good question. That's tough. Weezer I, or Primus? Are any bands, are we going to remember any band in a hundred years? Um... Alexis on fire. Sure. Some forty one. Some forty one. Planet Smashers. Oh yeah. All the Canadian moist. Uh, Definitely moist. Agent and Electric. Uh, um, Zucker Baby. Uh, Econoline Crush. Econo- I was just thinking of Econoline Crush, Mike. I was trying to find that. I'm Mother Earth. I'm oh, Mother absolutely. Earth. Have you ever met? 
Um, I'm Mother Earth, Edwin. Uh, I actually I interviewed I'm Mother Earth on uh, Much Music when really? I was about 18 years old. Wow. I was a VJ finalist in the VJ search. Are you kidding? Wow. That's so cool. I can't believe you didn't win. I was up against Bradford. Oh, I remember oh, that Bradford. guy. And you know what? He was the last of the personalities that Much Music hired. After that, they kind of went for just good-looking people. Yeah. It, when I was a kid, it was good. I mean, they had lots of funny guys on there. You would have been great. That's so cool. So what was Edwin like in this interview? Was he Well, you cool? know what? It wasn't Edwin. It was the album after. I remember that. When they got a different lead singer. Oh, so it was I Mother Earth with Into the, the new Void. Guy. That Into was the, the song void. with him. Summertime in the Void. Summertime in the Void. And what was the guy's name, this, the new singer? Oy. Edgar. I can't, I can't <laughs> remember. I remember their second single was one, a song called When Do You Get Back from Mars. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that must be, think of the pressure, you know, those shoes to fill. You're coming in. Uh, I was 18. To, well, no, no, wow. no, not the pressure on you. I'm thinking of the guy oh. filling in for Edwin. And not to take anything away from you, and but keep in mind, well, we Ed- must. I, I felt like we had that in common because we're both right. sitting there thinking this is the moment that kind of defines us for the rest of our yeah. lives. Yeah, right. you you were going to potentially step into Bill Wilishka's shoes or <laughs> Rick the Temp or you know, absolutely. But how how did the interview go? Sorry, I keep cutting you off. It went pretty well. Um, I'm not quite sure what I asked them, but I think it got. Over with pretty quick. Mm. Um, there was another contestant that was it? just used the interview to show his audition tape to them and say, what did you think of that? Oh, oh what a dork. Come on. Yeah. Did, was the general vibe, I'm just going to guess here, of the I Mother Earth interview you did that, uh, we don't need Edwin, we're just as good as before, and you know, he's not the secret ingredient to our band. They did say things like that. Um, wow! And keep in mind, Edwin at this time has probably released a live, yeah, smash hit. Yes, woo! Integrate that was a good live. one. Um, what was his other big single? For Boy, I only remember Alive. There was um, and it was a bit adult contemporary, wasn't it? There was one that he was on the top of a street light in the music video. Oh, you're right, man. What the hell was that? But he he went soft a bit. Trip tripping. Oh, yeah. Tripping along downtown, show me the. I feel like a star. Yes. Yeah, I feel That's like it. a star or something like right. that. Yeah, he took a real left turn from the uncompromising heavy music of I Mother Earth <laughs> to become Canada's, I don't know what, uh, Sugar Ray or <laughs> yeah. Mark McGrath. Yeah, remember, yeah, Not Quite Sonic? That was a banger. Hmm. What's the other one? Yeah, whatever. One more astronaut? Whatever. Do you think we've ruined yeah. our chance to get Edwin as a guest on our show? <laughs> I bet we fucking could. I'll tell you. I bet he'd do it. Edwin worked, or maybe was a part owner of a bar on Queen Street. That rock bar, that's not there anymore. Oh, Tattoo Rock Bar or something? Or rock Tattoo parlor? Rock Bar. Is that it or yeah. something like I that? I think so. And probably about 10 years ago, I went and I ordered a drink and he was there bartending. That's crazy. So, Ain't it great to serve a, a drink? Beer. <laughs> <laughs> so do you hate Bradford, or did you hate Bradford for, for stealing your opportunity to be a Much Music VJ? Yes. Really? Yes. I can't blame you. 
That would have been fun. And when you're 18, that'd be the best job. Yeah. But he was 25 or something. So I think I I was the youngest by far. Mm -hmm. I was definitely the most afraid. It was my first time in Toronto. Whoa, that's intimidating. So, and I grew up watching much music. And then suddenly, the first night, I think I arrived on Thursday night. And then Friday, I had to dance at Electric Circus. Oh, wow. Actually? Yes. As part of the audition process? Oh, and we've got all the, uh, the VJ... Um, auditioners oh, but, here. But were you supposed to be funny dancing or really dancing? We were just all mixing in with just oh, the much God. music environment. That is so wow. embarrassing. So did you get to meet Monica Diol, host of Electric Circus? Maybe just okay. I said hello before we went on air or something. Wow. It was, yeah, it was quite the experience. It was a whole weekend. It was sort of before reality TV kind of... If you could go back in time, out. would you do sort of, if you could go back in time to this audition process, would you do a sort of like a Machiavellian thing where you maybe like, hey, hey, other uh, VJ auditioners, let's all go out, for, uh, I'll buy us lunch. And then you sort of poison their food. <laughs> it could have been something. So like, that you win. It would have been a good idea, actually. Or just ma- maybe make up a uh, rumor about Bradford. Oh, yeah. And, and, right. And tell... Uh, Tell the boss. You might want to check his web browser uh, search history. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> he, he's been on UJIS. Yes. And you don't want to know the category. Yeah. Wasn't he a born-again Christian, VJ? Yes, that, that was his he was, thing? Oh, he was Christian. What? He is, was, and was at the time, and I remember we were filming a bit, and he did not want to swear in it. Oh, my God. Although we can't say maybe he has fallen out with God. You know, by twenty today, it's twenty nineteen. We're recording. Maybe he his relationship. With I hope not. Christ has changed. Well, we don't know. Hmm. Wow. So he was the last of the good of the good ones. Huh? The last of the Christian VJs. The last of the Christian VJs. Wow. And then that era ended. Hmm. I wonder if there's any uh, you know hmm. coincidence there. They got a Christian guy in, and then the the whole networks uh, started to suck. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I bet we could get Ed the sock on this. Oh. I'd be too nervous. I bet we could. He would rip us a new one. Well, and he's starting up the FU network, also known as Fun, F-U-N. So he's starting his own network. Is that true? That's true. So he's taking on... Like a TV network or a podcast network? Like probably a YouTube TV network kind Uh, of thing. So he's not taking on NBC and and Netflix? It's just a smaller thing? Exactly. I did donate. Oh, nice. And if you don't know, if you're not Canadian, Ed the Sock was a Canadian media personality in the 90s through to kind of present day. And it is a, pu- a sock puppet. It's a guy in a, doing a sock puppet, and he talks like this, and he does insults. And it's and he has that been famous a, cigar. He has a cigar, and it's mm-hmm. been really popular for years, and he was a much music VJ for yes. a long time. And, and to be fair, he was one of the better ones, I would say. Sure, yeah. <laughs> he was. And yeah. he always um, made fun of... Yeah, he'd say songs sucked and stuff. stuff so then yeah. when you're 16, you can be like, that's fucking right. Yeah, Hoobastank sucks. Ed the Sock's right. Mom and Dad, I hate you. I love Ed the Sock. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. It's like, it's like if you want to rebel against your parents, you listen to Marilyn Manson and you watched Ed the Sock. Absolutely. I was on Ed the Sock. He had a TV show. Ed's Night Party. Ed's Night yes, Party. Yes, he had a and talk I, show. And I was a guest on that. What? And I sat in the hot tub. Oh, shit. Because the guests would sit in a hot tub with... Girls in bikinis? Yes. <laughs> because 
I remember when Ed the Stock started, he had a, it was more of a traditional Letterman attempt, and Humble Howard, the radio DJ, was his co-host. Yeah. And then they revamped it, and it was more like in a hot tub with the naked girls. And I, I think there was maybe a different co-host, or I don't know. Imagine that difficult conversation that Ed the Sock had to have with Humble Howard, where he's like, <laughs> sorry, there's just not room for you anymore. You're being replaced by bikini babes in a hot tub. And Humble <laughs> Howard probably had the worst weekend of his life, just feeling sad. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Humble Howard, who I think has reinvented himself as a uh, pot comedian, I've seen online. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think he was always a stand... Why are we, I, don't know, I don't know who this is interesting to, <laughs> but I think he was always a stand Canadian broadcasting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, God. But it was difficult to hear the questions over the jacuzzi jets. Right. Oh, that's tough. So it was... And it was not an easy interview. Did you go shirtless? Yeah. Wow. Now, Bradford couldn't have been too comfortable working around Ed the Sock, because, I mean, Bradford, if he's a born-again Christian, I'd say Ed the Sock is pretty much the furthest thing from a born-again Christian you could be. (laughs) There was tension there, for sure. Yeah, something tells me Bradford was not inviting Ed the Sock over for Easter Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Uh, hey, Bradford, <laughs> you want to get in the hot tub with the most gorgeous women in Toronto? No, thank you, Ed. I'll be at church, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, Mike, should we uh, should we do the game with Morgan? Morgan, we, we take a break and then we yeah. do a, a final segment, a short game. Is that okay with I you? I would love that. Let's take a break. Sure. And welcome back to the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess. We're here with Morgan Waters. Hello. And it's our final segment. It's time for the game. It's time for the game, the game. It's one of our super popular games. They always go viral, and that is our aim. So sit back and please enjoy this game. This week's game is going to be very fun. We're going to uh, refer back to something we were talking about earlier with Morgan. We talked about the late John Lennon, of course, formerly of the Beatles who was uh, sadly shot to death on the streets of Manhattan in 1980 uh, at the age of 40. And we're going to... Everyone knows that Mark David Chapman, who murdered John Lennon that day, he showed up to do the deed with a copy of The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, right? A lot of uh, people have read into the meaning of uh, behind why he brought that book or whatever. Forget that. We're just going to play a fun game called The Landlord and Tenant Podmess Presents... If I had assassinated John Lennon on the streets of New York in 1980, here's the book I would have brought. Very good. So, do you guys get shall it? Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, shall I go first? Please do. Uh, and the one rule is you can't say Catcher in the Rye also. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, um, if I was in that position, I think the book I would have brought... Probably would be The Gorilla Mindset by Mike Cernovich. Oh, God. Uh, well, partly because it's very relevant to today and 
how you know maybe people need to start thinking, but also it's the only book uh, I've read uh, recently. Last... No, period. So that right. was, by default, it's the only book I could bring. It's the Sad. only book I've read. Sad stuff. All right. Uh, if you don't mind, Morgan, I'll go second. Um, so if I had assassinated John Lennon in 1980 on the streets of New York. What book would I have brought? Well, it's an easy decision. It's a book that I've been using a lot lately. It's called Jamie's Italy. It's a cookbook by Jamie Oliver that is also a bit of a travelogue. It talks about his travels through Italy, the people he met, the places he visited, and the recipes that he loved. And it's got something for everyone. I mean, who doesn't love Italian food? I would have had John Lennon autograph the book um, before, you know, uh, shooting him in the chest. Jamie's Italy. Uh, it's up. It's your turn now, Morgan. <laughs> this is a fun game. I, I think we're all we're all in agreement. I'd have to say because I don't know how to operate a gun that probably I would have brought a book on how to operate a gun. Smart. Sort of like a, a gun that makes gun sense. using for dummies, mm. or I'm sure there's proper language for that. But you know, just so I can figure out how to assemble. And put a bullet in it and right. fire it. I wouldn't want to rifle through those pages in front of John Lennon. I would be pretty oh. nervous. Oh, but absolutely. I would—he'd probably razz you. He was known to be, you know, sarcastic and like, "What are you?" Bookworm with your yeah, yeah. nose in a book. <laughs> oh, that was. But maybe good. that would kind of fuel me. You know, he would kind of bully me a bit, and then yeah. that would give me the guts to kind of push you over the edge. Push and... me over the edge. <gasps> Wonderful. Well, very good. Well, that was a fun game that we played together. All it's of a us. neat. It's a neat thing to kind of think about because mm-hmm. it's interesting it, how literature kind of absolutely and yeah. it's encouraging us. our listeners to read. Yes, which we need to be doing more of, and I'm guilty of that too. I've read one book, so let's all promise right now. Let's make a vow. We'll all try and read more. I promise. I promise. I promise. Oh, it's kind of fun making vows. Yes. Well, I guess that about does it for the pod. Um, But it was great. Morgan, thank you so much for coming. I mean, wow. This was an experience. Best of luck to you up on the roof. Thank you. Good luck with your music. Thank you. And maybe we should talk a bit more about just Mm. some of the funding stuff and maybe... uh, yeah. I think I might deserve a bit of that money. Well, yes, we should talk about that. I am busy right now. Uh, I have a train to catch. Uh, but where, um, are you, where are you going on the train? I'm going to um, Florida. I'm getting the train to Florida, so I can't right now. But yes, send me a send me Is a text. That a go train thing, or it's a new go train line. Why are you taking a train when you can fly there much faster? Yeah, it's going to seven thirty sevens. They've grounded all the seven thirty sevens, right? And that's okay. the thing. So. I'm on a train. Right over, actually, I have to leave quite soon. But uh, yes, send me a text, and I will text you back once I get back in Canada. I wouldn't so let him out of your sight. The roaming. But, uh, roaming yeah. fees. Um, but yes, Morgan, thank you. Thank you. And okay. Michael, thank you. Well, thank you, James. You're being a very polite uh, co-host today. Goodbye.